You're listening to Selfish. This is where we bring self-care and bravery together to encourage you to follow your dreams. Here's your host, your favorite selfish enthusiast, Allie Hembry Martin. Wow, that's all I have to say. After recording this interview, you're about to hear with the brand doctor himself. This episode is gold. Henry has dominated the branding world and he is about to unload so much knowledge. I hope you have your pen and paper ready. Henry, I am honored and so excited for our conversation today. Thank you so much for joining me. Allie, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So first, just kick us off and tell us about yourself. Oh man, do you have four and a half hours? <laughs> yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> you, you definitely have a story to share. So I, I definitely do want to give you that time to do that. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I'll keep it really, really short. So the, the story goes like this. When my parents were getting getting together and, and, and they got married, they they wanted to start a family right away. And unfortunately, medicine wasn't what it is today. And there were some complications. And with that, these two very determined individuals tried for 16 years to try to have a family and they continuously failed year after year. Now, as medicine got better, they figured out what was going on. My mom went in for a, 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 a small surgery and nine months later, here I come. Now, fast forward two years after that, my mom comes into my bedroom to check up on me in my crib and I'm blue and unresponsive. They rushed me to the hospital. They pretty much pronounced me dead. And this doctor came in, figured out what was going on and saved my life. And so when I would, when I was growing up five, six years old, I would hear my, my mom telling all of her girlfriends that I was her miracle baby. And I never understood what that meant. I literally thought that I was like sent from somewhere. And when she, and she, and when she said, uh, it took us 16 years to have him. Allie, I literally thought women were pregnant for 16 years straight. <laughs> God, for, God forbid, right? <laughs> but what does a five-year-old know? As I got older, I started to understand that this story was going to really, really set the tone for my life. And what I realized probably in my teenage years that I was here on borrowed time. I'm going to make the best out of it as much as I can with what I have and I am going to impact people before I leave this earth physically. I didn't know how, I didn't know when, but as the story unfolds and we can go as deep as you want, there was a lot of ups and downs in my life, but I am right here today doing exactly what I should be doing and that story that I just told you has been able to get me some beautiful things in my life and, it, and has also taught me some very valuable lessons as well. And we could go, we could explore any which way you want to go, but that's sort of the personal side of the story. And then how I got into my, my professional career was I got out of college. I was, it was right around 9-11. Nobody was hiring very similar to kind of what's going on right now currently, you know, due to COVID and that. 
And uh, I got a job. I landed a job through a connection that my uncle had at a local hospital. And I worked my way up there. He didn't give me any any sort of uh, 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 shortcuts. I, I still had to work my way up. And and at one point, I was cleaning coffee pots in, in, a, in a waiting room uh, for half the day. And uh, it taught me work ethic. It, it taught me how starting from the bottom and was all about. And uh, eventually got my master's degree in business management, worked my way up into a assistant director position in the children's hospital for the sudden infant death syndrome center. If you don't know what SIDS is, it's when a baby dies under the age of one suddenly with no cause. And I was responsible for generating uh, fundraising events, creating fundraising events to support the program. And then I was able to take that money and create supporting events for the families that had lost the baby to SIDS in the state of New Jersey. So I was responsible for putting four events together a year. And I needed graphic material to promote these events every time I did one. So at one point, I was starting to get a little savvy with it. And uh, I got Z100 over here in New York City, one of my favorite radio stations and one of the biggest radio stations in the world to support one of my events. And so I really needed this marketing to look outstanding. And so one of my buddies was a graphic designer and helped me out with some of the design work. And that's when I got bit by the design bug. So after the event, I get my boss to get me the Photoshop program. And now here I am designing all the in-house events and, and, and invitations. And, and then I started to explore a little side hustle with this stuff. And <laughs> shortly, I started to generate more money in my side hustle than I did at the hospital. And things started to, started to take a downturn at the hospital. Uh, 2008 hit and a lot, of, a lot of funky stuff going on around then, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they came to me once and they said, you have an ultim- you know, we got to give you an ultimatum here. If you stay here, which is fine, you're going to become somebody's secretary. And at that point, I was like in grind mode. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't see myself going backwards here. I got a master's degree in business management. Yeah, and I'm going to be somebody's secretary. And no offense to secretary positions, but it wasn't something that I saw doing for me in my future. So I said, Mm-mm. so they said, or you can leave. And so now I'm nervous because I have this, <laughs> I have this, this side hustle that's making money, but I don't know if it's going to support a family. And, you know, I, 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 I wasn't married yet, but my girlfriend was living with me, who's now my wife. And, you know, I was living, I was living the life as a 20 something year old kid making, making some decent money. So I go to my, I, I go to my uncle who owns a big construction company, still does. And I, and I was looking for like a pad, a padding. Maybe I could just work for him. And so I went to him one Saturday morning and I said, uncle Joe, you know, here's what's going on. Maybe I could work for you guys. And he said, well, what would you do here? And I said, well, I don't know, like project manage something or I don't know. And he's like, you're a pretty bright kid. I'm not going to put you behind a shovel, but you know, your cousin and everybody that works here, like went to school for this stuff. So he says, you know what, let me think about it. I'll get back to you. And so he said, give me, give me a couple of weeks. So I said, all right, week one, Allie, nothing. Week two, nothing. Week three. Now I'm getting nervous because I got to go to my boss and tell her what's going on. Week four comes, nothing. And then I find, and I woke up, I, I woke up one morning right around that week four mark. And I said, got it. 
Mm-hmm. That's the answer. I never spoke about it again with him, never brought it up. But I went to my boss that day and I said, Alyssa, I'll be out of here first of the year. And I went on. And the first year I made $248,000 all by myself. No, no system, no process, no, no team. I just went out there and hustled and did pretty well. Then about 24 months later, I made my first million bucks and it really got to my head, really got to my head. And instead of people being proud of me, they resented me because of my selfish behavior. See, I grew up a very insecure kid and I had to prove to everybody that I was going to make it. I had to show everybody how successful I was, but I really wasn't. I would spend every dollar I earned. So I couldn't afford not to work, but everybody thought I was living high on the hog, but I really didn't have a dime to my name. And then when things started to buckle, it was like, it was like the, like the, what do they call that? The, like the house of cards, mm-hmm. God forbid something happened and the whole thing would go to hell in the handbasket. Right. And sure enough, Allie, it did about five years into my business. I started resenting my work. I didn't like my clients anymore. Didn't like the work that I was doing. And I started self-sabotaging myself. I started, you know, being rude and, you know, tons of other things we won't get into. And um, just to put the cherry on top, Hurricane Sandy decides to come in and wipe out two of my biggest clients. Now, what do I do? It's a quarter of a million dollars worth of work gone overnight. And they come back and they say, sorry, Henry, we're going to bring everything in house. We're not going to use you no more. Now what? Now I got to tell my wife I'm broke. I'm broke in. And I'm at rock bottom. And I know, I, I, I don't know where to go. I do know, I do not know how to continue. And so my, my, my wife being there from day one, before I had all the, all the money, she said, all right. She jumps off the bed, runs into my office, grabs the laptop, comes back, jumps on the bed, looks at me and says, let's get to work. <laughs> now I was like doing what? Finding divorce attorneys or helping me get back on my feet. And she said, no. I didn't sign up for this, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw you to the curb. We made some mistakes. We all do. Let's fix it. So she pointed me in the direction of finding help. And that's basically all she did because she knew that I had to fix this. She can't come in and fix it for me. Mm -hmm. So I found the mentorship. I found the focus. I found a whole new market segment that needed my help. As I was getting better with graphic design, I started to get, I started to get really savvy with it. And I found another market that desperately needed work like mine. And that's digital marketing space. And I got into digital marketing really deeply. And I, I, I learned what a click funnel was. I learned what a marketing funnel was. I learned what digital marketing was. I, I, I started to hear names like Russell Brunson and, and these big, big names in the space. And I said, I need to surround myself with those folks. I need to co- get coached by those folks because they know what the hell they're doing. And so I did. I invested money I didn't have. And I said, it's not if this works, it's when this works. 
and I invested 10 grand into Russell Brunson for some coaching program he had. And he started guiding me in the right direction. And then I remember this, the first day I get on the call with him, he says to me, well, tell me your story. So about, I told him, and I got much more into detail than I'm doing here, but we're both hysterical crying by 20 minutes in. And he mm -hmm. says, you know what? I'm going to hire you to help me with my branding and this ClickFunnels company that I have. And you're going to help me brand this thing out properly. Wow. And I worked with him for two and a half years, two and a half years doing all the branding work for ClickFunnels. And he had a bunch of private projects that he was working on that I was helping him behind the scenes with. And so that's where I, I get to today. Now there was a couple more rock, a couple more ups and downs in between there, but that's a little bit of the story from, from a bird's eye view. From birth to the brand doctor. <laughs> I mean, that that's a pretty incredible story, Henry. And I, I'm like so glad you shared that because when I first heard it, I was so moved just to really appreciate the fact that you do feel like all of those things had to happen in order for you to get to where you are today. And I think that that's so often lost by people because they'll say, well, I wish I had done this sooner. I wish uh, I would have never gone down that path and I could have gotten here. And it, it's all pieces that have to happen in order for us to get to where we are today. Amen. So we're talking, we're, we're going to pick your brain and all your branding goodness to really uh, share with the audience that maybe don't even know if they have a brand. You know, they're, they're listening to this thinking, I don't even know if this is, this, this is something I need to be paying attention to. Well, first of all, yes, you do. But second of all, Henry's going to really dive in and, and describe to you and explain to you why this is important. And you have worked with some incredible brands, and, and I want to get into that too. But first, start us off. What is the difference between a personal brand and a business, business brand? And why does someone need both? It's a great question. You know, there's very little difference, honestly, because you are an offshoot. I should say, let me back up. Your business is an offshoot of who you are. Mm. So if you were to describe who you were, would it be similar to how you describe the purpose of your business? It's a question, right? The other thing is, is people, and feel free to smack me if I'm wrong here <laughs> or, or, or if you disagree, because I love the, having this debate. Yeah. Would you say that people will buy you before they buy your product or service? They'll buy into you. They'll buy into your story. They'll buy into your, your spirit before they dial into your, before they actually pull out a credit card and, and buy what it is that you're selling. That's the question. I'm going to tell you that I'm a firm believer in that is because I built an entire brand off of me, off of me off of the, my back. And people ask me like, well, is that scalable? How are you going to sell the business later on? Like, like they assume that I want to sell the business. <laughs> true. True. Like, Allie, I love what I do so much. I could never think about selling this business. 
I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be like a lost puppy. Yeah, I'd probably find something else to do, but this is my life's work. It's helping people tell their story and brand it in a way that they can create a sustainable, long-lasting, and air quote, scalable business if they choose to. I wouldn't know what else to do if, if I wasn't doing this, honestly. Honestly. So you got to have both. It's very, very important to brand yourself because when you walk out of that room, what do you want people to say about you? That's your personal brand. But when they buy your product or service, what do you want them to say after they use it? Ah, this is cheap stuff. I could get this anywhere, blah, 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 blah. Or this program saved my life. Or this product makes me feel more beautiful. What do you want them to say? Mm -hmm. So that's your business brand. That's your personal brand, right? So it's remember branding. I, uh, we should talk about this real quick and then we can move on. What is branding? It's not, it's not what you may think it is right now. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's the gut feeling people get when they interact with you or your business. It's that connection. It's that experience. It's much deeper than a logo, a website, a color scheme, what it looks like. But it's the feeling that you leave them. That's brand. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. I think a lot of people tend to go towards the senses and they'll say, oh, it's what I see. It's what I smell. It's what I feel. It's what I touch, what I hear. But it really does go much deeper than that. And even like subconsciously. Um, things that they don't even realize um, that they feel about you or things that you're doing that really put off that persona. So I think that's a really important point. Henry, what are the mistakes that you're seeing across the board with business owners? What, what are the biggest branding mistakes they're making? I think a lot of them are putting the cart before the horse. They'll go and, and try to get a logo done real quick uh, based on their liking. They'll try to whip up a funnel or they're trying to slap a website together to try to sell something. And that's sort of like the ass backwards approach. Excuse my language. Mm -hmm. You can't market. You can't bring something to market without a foundation, without a brand. Cause a brand again is the gut feeling that you're going to evoke from this, from these people. So they don't really know who their ideal client is. They whip up a product or service based off of a competitor. And they're like, oh, I could do this a little bit better than them. But then they become a me too brand and a me too business. Mm -hmm. And that's, now you're, now you're a commodity just like them. What makes you different? And I'm so happy you asked that question right out of the gate today about, Tell me your story. Your story is your brand. So at this point of time, we're probably 20 minutes into the, to, to the conversation, but you've probably got me pegged right now, good or bad, <laughs> based on my story. Sure. That's the big differentiator. That's the big differentiator for your business. That's what makes you so beautiful. That's what makes your business so beautiful. Now, I'm sure there's stories out there that are similar to mine, but they're not like mine. 
Mm-hmm. And that's powerful. So it's very important that you do the groundwork first. So let's talk about this real quick. Let's talk about your brand's purpose. How would you describe what it is that you do? What got you into this line of business in the first place? What higher mission are you on? Why are you doing what you're doing? People want to know. I was telling this story. Are you on Clubhouse yet, Allie? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. yes. We could, we could have a whole other conversation about Clubhouse. Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> but I, it, it's, it's crazy because people, when they hear me speak on Clubhouse, they say right away, whoa, this guy means business. And this guy is the real deal. Just from my voice and how, and how I speak and what I speak. Mm-hmm. It's been a very powerful tool for, for, or I should say a lead generation tool for me over the past two months. I've only been on um, since January and uh, I can't believe, well, yeah, three months now, I guess, right? But it's been an interesting platform for me to really share my voice and share my story. So very powerful. And then when I hear that story, they see that, whoa, this guy's on a higher mission. It's not just about designing brands or creating a strategy or a funnel. This guy wants to make a huge impact and, and create and build confidence in people and clarity and focus so that they can go on with their businesses and impact the world. So that's the purpose. That's the higher mission, right? But what's the uniqueness of your brand? So what makes your business different from everybody else? And how do you do that? People want to know how you do that. We have a process. It's called the Brand Accelerator Program. It's three steps. And how I got the brand doctor name is through my process. First, we diagnose your issues. Then we prescribe the right strategy customized to you. Then we apply those strategies by building it out through brand identity, funnels, website, social media, et cetera, right? So they want to know that. The next question is, why would somebody believe that that's how you do it? How are you demonstrating that? What makes you credible? And how does that impact your credibility? They're so, Allie, you know it. And everybody listening and watching perhaps is, is saying the same thing you know how many charlatans are out there taking people's money. And then when you, when you get in front of them, they don't know what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. You have to show and prove your credibility, your authority, and your positioning more than ever these days. And if you could do that through authentic story, you're going to cut like, like, like a hot knife to butter through all of that noise and there's going to be like a beacon over your head blinking and it's going to say the real deal. <laughs> That's where I think a lot of people get it wrong. I mean, I think so many people can take those that, t- that time to build out what they want to be and who they think they are, but it's that follow through. That it, that's my opinion that I just feel like that's where I see it, where they drop the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your actions need to align with your, your ambition. Right. I heard Gary, I think Gary V said something like that along the, along a, a long time ago. And it kind of stuck with me. 
you know, when I get into funks, when I get dis, when I get misaligned, when, when I realize that there's something off with me or they're off with a client, I look back and I say, is my ambition lined up with my actions? And nine times out of 10, it's not. So then I'll say, okay, where, where did it break? And how could I correct this immediately to get back aligned? And it's, and it's, and, and, and most of the time, Allie, when I get into those moments and I, I haven't had one in a long time, it's when I don't have goals set for myself. Mm. That's when things feel off and wobbly for me. But when I recalibrate and I reset that goal, because I do my goals at the end of every year for the, for the upcoming year mm-hmm. and I have to review them and ah, there we go. No wonder why I'm feeling this way. And then boom, I'm off to the races again. So it's powerful stuff. Okay. So you mentioned funnels and I think there's probably some people listening that are like, what are funnels? So shortly describe what is a funnel so that we can all get on the same page. Yeah. So a funnel is something that is going to allow your ideal customer to guide them through a process or a bunch of steps to get them to buy something. That's a funnel in theory. So it could be a series of landing pages. It could be a series of videos. It could be emails. It could be, did I say landing pages? Yeah, landing pages to guide them to a purchasing decision. So it's a step-by-step process. You want to get them to focus on one thing, and that's the end result, which is your core product. And a funnel is going to help them keep the horse blinders on, if you will, mm-hmm. and guide them to that in a very systematic way. That has been the, the blessing in disguise for my business when it was struggling a few years ago that helped me get back on track. When I learned about funnels and I was able to take my design acumen, because there's a lot of people building funnels, but they kind of look like funnels. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Like when it looks like a funnel, it's kind of spammy. Mm-hmm, and it, mm-hmm. you know, you're a little hesitant to put your money through it because <laughs> you're, you know, you never know. Are you going to get hacked? Yes. Right. So my goal, so I always say, and people, people come at me sometimes with this, but I say, if it looks like a funnel, I'm out because I just don't trust it. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> my goal is to help clients build funnels and design funnels that look like premium websites. Mm. So that design aesthetic and that message builds confidence in your buyer. So if there's two options in front of them, I want them to go to you because they see the detail and they see the, the, the effort and, 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 action you put into what it is that you got going on. So it makes you the obvious choice. And that's where, when I hear people say, oh, does design make a difference when it comes to selling online? You bet your butt it does. Mm-hmm. Because premium design will attract a quality client. 
And I don't know about you, Allie, but I work too hard <laughs> to work with clients that don't appreciate quality, don't appreciate time, don't appreciate, you know, the value that I deliver. Right. So quality attracts quality. Real recognizes real. So you got to, if you want to charge the part, you got to look the part and you got to act the part. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And, and bravo to you because you did a great job describing what a funnel is. And I've even heard Russell try to describe it himself. And even he's like, uh, sometimes I really like, it. I have to give a 20 minute answer to really um, be able to describe it. Um, so, and congratulations, because you are a part of ClickFunnels 2 Comma Club. And as someone who has recently got in, gotten into ClickFunnels, I've become obsessed with it. And I, I really want you to dive more into really that perspective of a good recipe for a highly optimized funnel. So what is build, that? Do you want to build one out with me right now? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so let's take an audience member and give me her occupation. She's a spa owner and director. Okay, a spa owner and director. So what do you think her her big issue is with her business right now? She wants to drive people to her membership, but they cannot justify the price of a monthly fee. Okay. So she wants to get more people into her membership, but it's kind of expensive in the eyes of the beholder. And she has to nurture these folks into that, into that sale, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who is, who is her ideal client? And I'm going to try to go quick. So, yep. we right? So would, who's, who's her ideal client? Yeah, I would say it would be other females, 35 to 50. Okay. How much how much money are they making on average? Over 100k. Oh, okay. So we're talking high level, you know, okay, excellent. So what's their biggest challenge right now? What do you think their biggest challenge is in life? Stress. Ah. Okay. So what if what if we created a funnel on the front end, right? Way at the top where people don't really know her yet and they don't really, they, maybe they see the spa in town, but they, they don't know anything about it, right? They haven't visited it or whatever. Mm-hmm. What if we ran, well, first, before we run anything, what if we figured out a way to relieve the stress out of this hardworking professional or this hardworking mom, Right. Mm-hmm. And we were able to deliver that through some sort of a digital download or maybe a maybe a meditation a, a meditation or, video mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Okay. To give them a little taste of what they could expect, say they do come in. But in order to get that, they need to give us their name and email. So that would be what we call a front end lead generating funnel. Mm-hmm. So we will give you value up front in return for your name and email. And it's absolutely free based on what we have deemed your challenge or what your pain point is, right? Because that's what makes a high converting funnel. When you can put the right message in front of the right people to solve the right pain or challenge, you're going to win. And it's going to be a win-win because you're going to help them 
and they're going to be able to help you in return. That's how the universe works, Allie. Mm-hmm. The more you put mm-hmm. into it, the more it's going to give you. And I'm a firm believer that you cannot give in this world without receiving. You cannot give without receiving. Chew on that one for a little bit. It took me almost 40 years to figure that one out, but it works. Believe me. <laughs> so, so, so that's the front end. Now they come in, they give you their name and email. Now you have an email list on the back end of this, right? Maybe you're using MailChimp or maybe you're using constant contact or, or active campaign is another platform that we use. That's really, really savvy. And it collects that email. It puts it in a list and now they become a potential lead. And in return, you give them that video and they could prep, they could, they could do that video or they could do that meditation and it better deliver a result though. That's the one thing. It better be good. It mm-hmm. better be good. Mm-hmm. Because again, this is your first impression to them, right? If you don't have something that's going to wow them, then you're just going to look like another me too spa, right? So now you got their email address. Now, what do you do? Well, maybe you send a couple of emails out and you could do this and actually preset it where you can write the emails in advance and have them go out once a day. So you could pre-schedule them, right? But the one thing that I would invite you to do is write the email as if you were writing to a friend, not this corporate looking, you know, newslettery type of email, but you write the e- these follow-up emails as if you were writing to a dear friend. Right? It don't have to be fancy with logos and headers and footers and all of that. Forget all of that. Right. Do you do that to your friends? Do you put out, you know, <laughs> do, you in, do you embed pictures in your, <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me create a graph to show you what my email is saying before I send it to you. Right. It's crazy. So you don't have to do any of that. That's the beauty of all of this. Right. So now you're sending them emails to bring them to the next step of the funnel. So you're warming them up. You're getting, they're getting, they're getting used to you. They're starting to hear your voice. They're starting to see your passion. Maybe the one email tells them about how you started the spa. Maybe the next email is three steps on how to do this. And it's all talking to their pain points and challenges, right? Now, maybe the third email is you send them a coupon to come in and you get 50% off blank. You're teasing them again. Maybe they bite on that. Now they come in, they do it. They're checking out. Now you propose the membership. Look at all those touch points, right? That you've created prior to them getting into that membership. So now it, it's a little bit easier to justify that membership. Got it? It's, it just seems... Uh- it's just not as hard of a sell because they're already your biggest fan. Right. You've already given so much. Yeah. Right. If you believe me, when you give upfront, it will come back to you in ways that you will not believe. Allie, do you, uh, do you believe in like law of attraction stuff? Oh yeah, for sure. I get a little woo woo sometimes. I got to pinch myself. Hey, you can get woo woo over here. And all day, every day. <laughs> but I've been on I've been on calls where people reach out to me, um, and and whether it be a friend of a friend or something, and, and then they'll say, you know, just talk to Henry, and, and I got to be careful with my time because it's like the most valuable thing I have. 
So maybe I'll just jump on for a quick 30 minute or 20 minute call with somebody, just no charge, just, all right, what do you got for me? I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can help you and I'll do it. And I'll be on a zoom call and I'll be all in and I'll be trying to just pour my heart into this person. I will, I will end the call, go to my email and I will see Stripe notifications of mm-hmm. payment. Like that, like, like literally on demand like that. Mm -hmm. And so I I just look up and I go, well, I guess I got to keep doing those. (laughs) Thank you. But it's, it's like that. And so I think um, when, so we built out a funnel, there's our funnel. What I'm concerned about as everyone is listening to this, because they can hear about funnels and get super excited about them. Mm-hmm. I preach all day long about conversion copywriting for social media. I think that's something that people think, okay, I'm going to get really into this. There's only so many hours in the day. Mm-hmm. There's also the graphic design work. There is also your print campaigns and, and everything else that you could really get into. What do you think is the most important piece to get right before you get into all of the other areas. You're ready? Ready. Trust who you hire and hire who you trust. If Allie Martin isn't a graphic designer, she has no business behind Photoshop. If she (laughs) isn't a funnel architect, she's got no business being in ClickFunnels. I wish somebody had told me that Eight years ago, when I was transitioning from brand identity designer to agency owner, I was trying to project manage. I was trying to be the accountant. I was trying to be the designer. I was trying to be the salesperson. I was trying to be everything inside my business. And Russell said, Henry, you will never get to the seven-figure level if you keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. He said, it's time to replace yourself. So I said, okay, who do I hire first? Project manager. Who do I hire second? Graphic designer. Who do I hire third? Developer. Who do I hire fourth? ClickFunnels team. Who do I hire fifth? And then copywriter, right? Mm. Things. So I built out my team of rock stars over the years. Mm-hmm. took some time. Sure. I had to build out my processes and build out my systems. But I wish I had somebody sooner say to me, Henry, what's your time worth? Because either way, you're either going to pay with time or you're going to pay with money. And when I realized how much my time was worth, I said, I can't be tinkering around with funnels anymore. Right. I have to serve my, my, my client at a higher level And that's the thinking part of business, the strategic part of business. We just brought on a client today and he did his homework. He spent the last 10 months validating his product. It's a meal prep business. Wow. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. He took a big hit last year with his, with his brick and mortar restaurant. And he was able to turn it around 34 years old. He was able to turn it around and see the vision, see where everybody was headed. And this was this meal prep business, right? 
Amazing. He validated the concept. He kind of, excuse my language, slapped it together to just get proof of concept. Got it. And then he he said, Henry, if I'm going to make this legit, I need you to come in and help me build the brand foundation. Because if it comes time to exit, or if I want to bring on other partners, so on, I need to look the part. I need to look legit. And he goes, I I don't know this stuff. So I want to do this right. I don't want to go cheap and have to redo it. So let's go. So we're going to do, we're going to do the strategic part of the brand accelerator program, which is building out his brand strategy, building out his marketing strategy, building out his growth acceleration strategy. And then after that, now that we've discovered everything that we need to discover, now we have the plan of attack and now we understand better what needs to be built. So then he could, he could do two things. He could, one, use his team and build it all out, or he can leverage my team and we build it all out. So that's how we roll and that's how we were able, that's how we're going to blow this, this guy's brand out of the park because it's, he's super passionate. The business is, it has a great model to it. The, the quality is good and it's going to be a win-win situation, but he made the right move. He's like, I don't want to go. We're right. We're, we didn't quite finish the website yet. It's functional. It's making money, but like there's some user experience stuff that we want to tailor. Like, I think you coming in at this point is the perfect time for us to bring you on board. And this guy really assembled a great team. He's got some, he's got some great people on his team. And he said, Henry, I'm just looking for my board of directors. And I said, there you go. So (laughs) smart, smart businessman. So that's, that's what we need to do as business owners moving forward is it's not focusing so much on Oh my God, how am I going to do all of this? This sounds so techy and overwhelming and da, 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 da. No, that's not the right focus. The focus is who is going to help me do this. I love that answer, Henry. And I think that's a re- that's something I even need to take to heart. And I, I think a lot of people listening will, will resonate with that. So thank you for that. And I want to move into just a few personal questions before we wrap up. Um, I ask everyone, and I'm really interested to hear your feedback on this, but thinking about the word selfish as positive and something that we're doing for self-care in our lives, how do you like to be selfish? Oh man, thank God my wife left. (laughs) She would have, she would have, she would have. She would have had a whole different answer. Oh yeah. A long list. Oh Yeah. So what, what do I do? So, so what I, I, I really like to get in that gym and get on my morning walks before anybody can even wake up. So I try to get that stuff and it's not so much selfish, but I need to make sure that my head is clear and I feel good about myself before I can go out and try to make other people feel good about themselves. Right. So it's it's all about that putting on the putting on the uh, your 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 oxygen mask first mm-hmm. before you can help somebody else. So yeah, I would say I would say making sure that I that I feel healthy, right, mentally and physically mm-hmm. before anything else. I like that. Is there anything you wish you could be doing more? I wish I could be doing more. 
of. Oof. Yeah, it would be doing more podcasts like these. <laughs> this, yeah. was a, this was a really- Well, you've got a great voice for it, of course. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say doing more podcasts and, and getting in the ear, getting into the ears of more people because, man, I live by this saying, and the saying is, it's from my favorite movie of all time, The Bronx Tale. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. And I turned 40 last year and I said to myself, and I made this commitment, I said, I will not live my next 40 years, God willing, the same way I lived my first 40. Mm. And so being able to get on more platforms like these and share more stages with you on Clubhouse in the yes, future. Yes, let's do it. Um, is going to be what I want to do more of. And, and I think maybe to narrow in that focus a little bit better is to focus on one thing at a time versus trying to do four or five different things with, you know, one fifth energy and effort, focusing in on one thing and doing a hundred percent effort into that one thing. Mm, that's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. Finally, what is next for Henry? Oh, uh, well, I, I kind of see it coming. I kind of see it coming around the corner and I feel like it's going to come sooner than later, but I see a lot of people reaching out to me for mentorship. And I've been in business now for 14 years and have been ups and downs and goods and bads. And I'm seeing a lot of people reaching out via clubhouse and through my social medias, asking me for guidance and help. And so as much as I love doing what I'm doing, cause I, I, I love what I do, what I, but I, I, I think it may, there may, the next chapter of this business turns into more of a mentorship program to help people really tell their story in a transparent and authentic way that morphs into a a really profitable business for them. So I I think a mentorship program or high level consulting may Mm -hmm. be the next chapter for Henry. I think that's a great option. And I'm sure many listening as well as myself, that that would be invaluable to have leadership like yours um, in their business. You are amazing. You're incredible. I am so blessed and honored that we had the chance to talk today and just get a little just pea-sized nugget of what you really have to offer and um, I, I can't thank you enough. So I'm, I just appreciate you joining me today, Henry. Oh, Allie, what a pl- thank you so much for those kind words. And thanks for having me. I, it, was, it was so awesome to get to meet you. And I know this won't be our last conversation for sure. Absolutely. Like what you just heard? Visit us at SelfishThePodcast.com. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes today.